Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Slaughter Podcast will be discussing topics that some listeners may find disturbing. If you're still with us, you've got questionable taste. Hi guys, welcome to episode 8 of we're, Slaughter. We're Lucy and Emma and we're going to tell you about some murders from the UK. Uh, it's nearly Christmas, countdown has begun. Yep. And I'm so not excited. I bought nothing. No, me neither. I can't face it. I can't face town when it's busy. I hate everyone. I hate all the people. Um, if you... Our new listener, you can catch us on Twitter at SlaughterThePod and on Facebook, type in S apostrophe laughter and the group will come up and you can add yourself to that and I'll approve you. Um, I was thinking the other day about what the difference between the Twitter group and the Facebook group is. But I feel like Twitter's like almost shouting about murder in a big room where loads of people are there at your friend across the, the other side of the room and it's really, really busy, and most people didn't come there for murder. And a few people just pop their heads up, be like, "Oh, I know about a murder too." Yeah, and there's a few people listening in, going, "These guys are twats." So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's Twitter, but then I feel like Facebook is like meeting up with your mates, cup of tea, almost like an AA meeting for yeah. murder. Like we all know we've got a problem here, and we're all accepting, and we're all helping each other out, and you can be—it's a safe space. Yeah. So I feel like. I don't know, it's nice on Facebook and it's, like, busy on Twitter. Yeah. But I love both. I like it when someone does the crossover. I'm like, I've seen you. I've seen you around. Yeah. And sometimes I spend so long on Twitter that afterwards I start thinking in 140 characters. <laughs> I'm like, this is the lunch for this thought now. Done. Is this tweetable? Stop thinking about it. Right, so let's crack on with some moiders. Moiders. We've got bloody loads this week. I've got two. Lucy's got two. I think it's because she got a little bit upset that I apparently spoke a lot last week. 62%. Approximately 62% of the time. Well, fuck you, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I love that someone did know, though. I just kept talking till the murder was done. Um, so she's coming at me with two this week well they were both short and I thought fuck it they're both similar uh, I'll do them both there's no rules on this podcast it's my fucking podcast yeah it's my podcast and I'm going home <laughs> um, and I've also got a lovely one about paedophiles it's Peter Geddon. Peter Geddon. mine are both about cannibalism 
Oh, really? put it out there now. God, this is a merry old time, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, it's time we did a cannibal. Mm. Both UK, both on on task. Um, and then we've also got an email from a listener to read at the end, and that's pretty gruesome as well. So it's it's four four in one today. I might have to up the speed on the recording <laughs> we're fast enough as it you have to slow it down most of the time most of the time I slow it down it's like Gilmore Girls we're like meh, 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 eating food meh, meh, meh. do you know what I felt really sad yesterday because I'd spent the whole day not watching Gilmore Girls and I was like I've watched no Gilmore Girls today what is my life I yeah. can't watch that new one I haven't because of her weird puffy face I'm still on season one of the old one what I know you know nothing of Logan you know Jess. nothing of Jess who are you it's Go on, girls, with shit. Don't watch gun. it. Oh, it's, it's just like nothing happens. It's so comforting. Right. I went on a date. The end. <laughs> right, I'm doing Matthew Williams to start with. Welsh. Okay. In nice. the valley. Um, Matthew Williams uh, was a crazy person. No. Whoops, I did that. Matthew Williams uh, lived in Wales and he um, was diagnosed, uh, well, there's not a lot about his early life because it's UK as well and it was also like a one-off thing. Um, yeah, there's not a lot out there. So I'll tell there's you not a I lot going got. on in Wales. What sort of time we're talking, because even now I'm not convinced that all of Wales has got the internet. <laughs> True. It is like a black spot. Like My grand's in risk and she hasn't. Um mm. So she, this was, this is really recent. This is a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. That happened. I remember it happening. So we could potentially write to him in prison. Uh, no, we couldn't. We'll just find out why. That's it. I just keep bringing it up, then shut me down, it's fine. No, you'll find out why we can't write to him. Oh. Um, so he was diagnosed with schizophrenia in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother said he had paranoid schizophrenia. Um, he didn't... Oh, are you a doctor now, mum? Yeah, apparently. And she... And he he was on medication, but he went to prison um, for. Uh... Go on, say sheep, shagging, just do it. He went to prison for having sex with a sheep. No, he didn't. Uh, I'm half Welsh. This is offensive to me. I'm enjoying offending you. <laughs> if we're gonna piss anyone off for bad mouthing them, it's the Welsh. Welsh people stick together. They don't take shit from no one. When Anne Robinson put Wales in a microwave on TV. The barrage of hate that she got from Wales. Really? I thought they were really in. chilled out. No. Like, go and have some cheese on toast. No. It's like the King of Wales, Tom Jones. He leads the masses. For a second, I was like, <laughs> shit, who's the King of Wales? <laughs> Are you Why aren't I stalking him on Twitter? <laughs> no, like, the Welsh people, they don't take shit about Wales. Like, don't badmouth Wales. Okay. We, we will get a barrage of hate. We love Wales. I'm half Welsh. It's fine. All the other things, like... Yes, we'll talk about the murderers, we'll talk about the pedos, we'll talk about the cannibals, but whales, back the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Some topics should not be joked about. Yeah. So, um, his mother said he had paranoid schizophrenia. He went to prison, uh, and after leaving prison, I don't know why, I'm going to put it out there, I'm sorry. Um, and after leaving prison, he didn't really get much help with this schizophrenia. So Right, no aftercare. Walking around with schizophrenia, probably not getting much support. Um... He was released from prison a few weeks before the incident, we'll call it. And he was staying in, they call it a and b but it's basically a homeless hostel where people privately own it and they rent out the rooms for ridiculous amounts to the council because the council's got nothing else they can do with these people. So they call it a and b which 
envisions a bed like and breakfast. Like a halfway house sort of thing. But the idea of being being bed and breakfast, you think, oh, lovely, like nice breakfast. Kitchy, little tree. Right. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like that. Uh, it was, I don't think it was terrible. It was well run. Um, and on the 10th of... <laughs> it had five-star reviews on TripAdvisor. I've read loads about the owner. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Because I couldn't find much about the murder, but I could find loads about her. Um, so on 10th of November 2014, um, he went out with some friends. Reportedly, they went out, took a cocktail of drugs. They were just off their faces. Um, coupled with the fact he has schizophrenia, we know that it's probably a very vulnerable situation for him. They probably all just pulled their medication together. Yeah, possibly. They were just all out on the rouse. And he met a young girl called Keris Yem, who was 22-year-old shop worker from Wales. She was local. And she, despite the fact he was off his face, she went back to the B&B with him. Um, and Mandy Miles... The hotel owner. Oh, no. Nice. I love Mandy Miles. Did she allow friends to stay over, Mandy? There was no, no, no friends allowed. Yeah, exactly. No Mandy women. is strict. She doesn't do that. If you come a-knocking on her door and it's past ten, she's like, maybe you should consider go finding somewhere else to sleep tonight because you know what the curfew is. And I told you this morning over breakfast and hash browns that you would not be allowed back in. <laughs> and do you know who she had checking on them? Her son. Mandy Miles is a family organisation. Her son is checking out who's breaking the rules and who's not. So she said um, she was told that Williams had been in prison for theft, although I haven't confirmed or denied that. Um, and, and Like you're involved in the case. I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny. <laughs> but there were rumours that it was something to do with assaulting his ex-partner. Um, right. So he was a bit, a bit more dangerous than she suspected. She said about 1230 her son came to her and told her that Williams had a girl in his room. What a wiener. Mum, he's got a girl in his room and he's going to have sex and I never do it. (laughs) Only when you let me on Sundays. This isn't Fred and Rose. Sorry. (laughs) Just because they're Welsh. It sounds a bit like it might be. How did he know? Peephole, Fred and Rose. I think he'd heard um, something. He... So he hadn't signed in that night and wasn't supposed to have gas, obviously. So she went to check on the situation. What is she expecting to find? Like, you're gonna, you know he's got a girl in there. You're going to go check on him. You're going to see something you don't want to see. Oh, I think so. I think that was the idea. I mean, I don't think she was getting off on it, but I think she was like, I'll catch him in the act, and then I'll hold it against him. I would him. never want to catch someone in the act. I'd be like, I'll catch you after. <laughs> yeah. I'll catch you in the morning. I'll just leave him for a moment. Um, I mean, she camped out outside his room, bless her. So she went upstairs and another resident said they had heard a girl shouting for help. So I think this is the point oh. she was like, well, this might not necessarily it be It depends consensual. who she was asking for help. Because if she was asking Jesus, then maybe she was just enjoying it. <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. Not um, I don't ask Jesus for help. <laughs> sex anyway. So she banged on the door and she asked Williams to open it. And he responded by saying he was exercising. Mm-hmm. Which... Might not have been untrue, you know, sometimes. 60 calories a minute. 69 position. <laughs> Got to have some upper thigh muscles for that. Um, she she assumed he was having sex. Well done, Mandy. Woman <laughs> of the world. Yep. She's like, I've, I've seen this before. Um, so she got the key from the office. She went back upstairs. I don't know why there's this level of detail, but <laughs> this is what we need to know. And opened the door to his room. And when she opened it, she saw Williams... Eating the face and eyeball of Kerishia. That, I mean, you weren't expecting that, surely. I know, I just caught it in your notes and then... Yeah. 
genuinely eating her face. Oh, that poor, shit. poor girl. I know. Horrific. And she realised Karis was dead. Oh, um, well done. And she locked the door and she phoned the police, which is what you would do. Oh. And I remember this being on the news and it was absolutely gobsmacking. Now, straight away, people didn't know. They just knew someone had died. Um, but then it started to transpire what a horrific horrific thing had happened um so police arrived and opened the door and they tasered williams because obviously they were like holy shit this is horrific we've got to sort of subdue him now i don't know what happened but he died from being tasered so they tasered him to death i don't think they i don't know if they freaked out i don't think they i don't think they did anything untoward i think it would maybe where they hit him or yeah but i know that he died so there was because oh, i was gonna say i wonder what i was like what his justification was like his other crimes hadn't been of that nature and then just to suddenly yeah. be like yeah i'm gonna eat people now like he must have had yeah. some sort of he must have a narrative that i think it must it. have been some sort of delusion yeah but, but no it, one will never know and um, so after the incident it was revealed that Karis Jem had died from a sharp trauma to the face and neck I mean, yeah his can, fucking teeth <laughs> yeah. I mean we can only hope that it wasn't and it was before that because to go through that and then oh, it's just, I mean it just it's beyond belief uh, but Mrs Miles is still running the B&B oh well done love she, she's not using that off. room she took the door off the room what so it's just an open so room just... so anyone can look at it but you can't stay i mean i don't know if she's making money off that but i know you just got go a red rope but what it made me think of is i don't know if you've heard of it but tim mclean the greyhound bus killing in america i mm-hmm. think it's been on sword and scale but um that was a really awful murder where um and if you don't know about it you know have a look online if you're interested but um it was a guy, a young man was on the bus on a greyhound bus now i think it's a bit like the mega bus yes so it's dodgy as fuck like Indeed. you're never gonna have a nice like time everyone's on a either bus. running from something everyone or... smells a bit yeah it's dirt cheap tickets carrying a plastic bag with their own shitty pants in <laughs> basically yeah um and <laughs> you might get nits if you put your head on the seat and have a little nap um so a bit uh, so Tim McLean was a passenger on this bus and a, a man stood, sat next to him just there with his headphones on and all of a sudden this guy got up ate pu- his face pulled out a knife um, and I think he stabbed him to death and I'm doing what, this while the bus notes. is in motion while the bus was in motion everyone was like what the hell's going on bus stopped everyone got off they were standing by the bus and just waiting for police the police took about four hours to come and while they were waiting for the police this man hacked bits off tim mclean started eating them and they just cut his head off watching it cut his head off came to the door they barricaded the door came to the door with the head and just dropped it i mean it was just horrendous now this isn't even my second murder this is just bonus bonus from america always gotta go one better haven't you but it was just... I'm just not going to say anything this week. <laughs> it's just, it was disgraceful. I mean, was... Lucy talked 100% of the time. <laughs> but the murderer of Tim McLean, and that was schizophrenia as well, he um, he was put into an asylum rather than... or a facility rather than prison. He's out living his life now. I know there's a lot of controversy. He's on medication, um, but he's out in the community sort of living a normal life. Don't know how I feel about that. 
Okay, so my second um, murderer is Anthony Morley. More murders from you. More, yeah, round two. Uh, he was born 1972. He lived in Leeds, which is West Yorkshire, and he had dreams of being a dancer, which doesn't necessarily mean he was gay. Doesn't necessarily, but... But he was gay. Uh, well, it's debatable. He shagged a lot of men. <laughs> he did shagged... He had sex with men. Um, he was very drawn to men, and he had relationships with men, but he would never... He never sort of embraced that about himself. He didn't really want to be a homosexual he didn't really ever come out so to speak um which will be seem interesting seeing as the prize he won when he was sort of in his uh 20s but his first homosexual relationship was during his teenage years um so i mean that was relationship that wasn't even like a one-off that was sort of like an overtime thing but he was really confused about his sexuality he he told people he wasn't gay he never really came out he never really embraced it but people knew about the relationship in 1993 considering that he didn't want to be known as gay he entered mr gay uk yeah he was gay he was gay and he won a prize and he won one thousand pounds so he was a good gay as well he was the best gay in the uk at that time mr gay uk i mean he was an icon for gay men going around he was the gay mascot and wet dream of every gay man at this point. And he was in a long-term relationship at this time with a woman. What? With a woman. Mr. Gay UK. He went on to Mr. Gay UK, won Mr. Gay UK, long-term relationship with a woman. He won £1,000 on a holiday. I presume he took the woman on the holiday with him. I mean, if you're going to sort of rub it in the face of Mr. Gay UK TLC, whatever. That's to violate some of the... Although, I don't know, do you think they're just really like anything goes we don't discriminate against anybody even those that are still shagging women I think the one thing that you've got to be to win Mr Gay UK is probably gay that's oh, probably the one I would hope they so have. <laughs> I'm going to be checking out all future Mr Gay UKs yeah we should like try and honey trap them <laughs> we should try and seduce Mr Gay every year just to yeah. make sure because if they're not into us they're obviously gay they must be gay <laughs> Uh, he did admit that he had experimented with men, but he wasn't open about... He's, he said, right. I'm not gay. I know I won the competition, but I'm not gay. Which I yeah. would say, decrown him then. Yeah, Sorry, of course. No. How can, I don't want you representing the gay community if you are ashamed of being gay. No. No, fuck off. No. Um, so after winning, he moved to London and he started to try and pursue a career in modelling and dance. So he was like, right, screw this, I'm moving to London. This Just is pirouetted his way out of Leeds. Yeah. I'm off. <laughs> See you later. And he became, what's that gay guy, Louis? Louis Spence. Yeah, he changed his name. No, he didn't. Um, so he developed a speech impediment. He got to London and uh, obviously he was looking for work. First thing he did was appear on a dating show hosted by Davina McCall. Nice. For, it was for gay dating or it was a gay episode or... You know she'll have been highbrow throughout the entire thing. I was thinking how we could explain who Davina McCall is to Americans or any non-British or anyone who doesn't know who she is. She's sort of like a hyperactive... Very hyperactive. Like, everything that she's talking about is going to be the most interesting thing that she's ever seen or ever heard, even if it is completely banal. Everything's amazing. Everything's the most exciting thing ever. Always pregnant. Oh, yeah. Bangs them out. Yeah. Bangs them out on the reg. Yeah. I mean, at this point, he's just probably shooting it up with a super soaker. (laughs) Uh, So he, uh, he was 
on this dating show uh, nothing really came out of that but that's kind of like how he tried to further his career didn't really get anywhere in London um, did he try dinner date I don't think it come was come down with me any other food based programming he was definitely one of those people that goes around on, or applies for everything there's that Britney Spears impersonator who has done everything yes she's X Factor done, yeah she did Britain's Got Talent dinner date um, take, no she didn't do take me out but like every shit thing she can get on yeah. I think she's called Lorna. Look her up. She's got a weird melty face. She looks like if Britney was melted. <laughs> like, oh, Derek Barry's got nothing to worry about at this point. I love Derek Barry. He is Britney. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I know exactly who you mean. And it's just because she wears, like, the sort of the Britney costume and she's blonde, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. And she's probably not even a real blonde, Lucy. Just like he's not a real gay. Everything's a lie! <laughs> so. Davina's not pregnant! <laughs> Um, Morley returned to Leeds and instead of pursuing these dreams he sort of kind of realised forget it I'm going to have to get a normal job as we all do Uh, so he began training as a chef and he gained a job as a sous chef in a seafood restaurant I mean a sous chef I think is like a second chef isn't it they just do the chopping really so it's like the sort of workman of the chef world yeah I chopped your carrots here you go um and as many chefs do because of the late hours and stuff he started to get an alcohol problem <laughs> <laughs> and of course of course i think that's the known thing Is it? They, a lot of them like work evenings i mean i'm sorry if i'm wrong and you're a chef and you're perfectly sober but there's obviously something a little bit wrong with you you're listening to a murder podcast so there is that but um there's yeah they quite they do the long hours they're in sort of like catering industry they unwind after work they tend to go for a drink and then drinking makes you hungry some of my best culinary creations have been when drunk name one boiled rice fried egg tuna (laughs) (laughs) just literally everything that was in the cupboard that night (laughs) tastes even better once you've dropped it on the floor once oh god i reckon if you put in some salad cream and mixed it up it'd probably be all right that wasn't the other night the other night everyone else went to mcdonald's and i was like i'm too sick to get out of the car that I just sat they gave me a bag for life and apparently I just sat with it on my head <laughs> in the car <laughs> Sam had to come check if I was still breathing underneath I was like yeah I'm fine brilliant it's a good night uh, so Morley began a five year relationship with a man called Sean Wood and during this time he was uh, reported to have attacked Sean Wood with a meat cleaver when arguing about money so he'd God. he was kind of known for being a little bit aggressive bit of a temper bit of a bitch fight and he also he also threatened ambulance staff with an air rifle when they arrived oh shit so someone phoned the ambulance no I want him to die leave him I mean at least it's the UK it's only an air rifle I know but they still hurt yeah but it's probably not going to kill anyone so following his relationship with Sean Morley dated a woman for three years so he was kind of like in and out of relationships quite long term relationships but he sort of was with men with women Um, he reportedly uh, couldn't come to terms with his sexuality again he reportedly said he wanted to be normal um, which I assume he meant straight not a murderer not a murderer I just want to be a normal abusive boyfriend what's wrong with that I just want a woman that I can slap about yeah so I, I mean there's no reports of him having slapped her about to be fair I think he kind of 
they, they I don't know. No, I'm not saying he did, but just like clearly that you know the idea that it was more acceptable to be. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if I'm known for my violent behaviour. Just as long as just as long as they don't know about my loving relationships <laughs> with men. Yeah. Um, so his victim was named Damien Oldfield, and they had been um, dating for a few months, and he had coincidentally been at the audience of the Davina McCall TV show when no he was way. on there. But I don't think he'd picked him out as his date. It's um, like bloody sliding doors yeah. or something. So Oldfield and Morley had been exchanging texts and they went to Morley's house. Where and... Oldfield and Morley. <laughs> Sorry. Like a double act. So they went to Morley's house and uh, Morley had texted, because they had the evidence, Morley had texted um, Oldfield saying he wanted to take things slowly. So he didn't oh. want to rush. I think he was kind of like hesitant to get in another relationship with a man. Just want to be friends. Yeah. And... Uh, sure. Morley had cooked fish for them both, and then they they went to bed. And oh, this, this is beautiful. They kissed, cuddled, and they watched Brokeback Mountain. Aww. It was quite sweet. One of my friends from school, him, he's gay now, and the way that he came out to us was because he was like, "Oh, you know Brokeback Mountain? I really like it." I'm like, "Yeah, I like it too. It's quite good." He's like, "No, I really like it." <laughs> The tent scene, I liked that. And we were like, oh, okay. He bought the soundtrack and everything. We had to endure that a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I guess from then on, that was... Kind of oh, yeah. Loves it. We chat about RuPaul all the time. Brilliant. So Molly fell asleep, and then apparently he woke to find Oldfield performing a sex act on him, which he told him he wanted to take it slow. Technically, that's rape. I mean, it, it's non-consensual sex act, isn't it? You can't really consent if you're asleep. Yeah, so uh, Morley just was not happy. He was like, I told you I wanted to take it so You've totally betrayed me. Um, so he... Although giving him the signals of, you know, we've kissed, we've cuddled, we've stayed in bed together. Not saying it's right. Doesn't make it cons- consensual. Doesn't make it consensual. He's pouring tea down his throat. Yeah. Um, so in response, he picked up a knife and he stabbed Damien oldfield in the throat um to death so damien died now here is where we link to the past murder that i've just looked at he then and you might have heard about this i remember hearing about this on the news he then cut chunks out of his flesh from his body and he cooked them and he tried to eat them so i don't really know what the thought process was there i think do you think like oh you tried to give me a lovely blowjob this morning that was it was so abhorrent to him that just eating him eating him's fine well i think he was like look i've killed someone now that's like the best probably never gonna be around a dead body again oh might as well see what it tastes like in for a penny in for a if you came across a dead body you'd be like oh i'm not gonna get this opportunity again i don't know let's let's mess with it if i was a chef i don't know i don't know i mean it wasn't it wasn't (laughs) normal behavior (laughs) sorry chefs you're all you want to eat cannibals? Oh, look at this bit of roadkill. I'm a chef. I wish I was eating people. Um, so there'd been no sign of struggle to suggest that the attack was from behind. So he kind of said it was sort of self-defense, um, but defending himself against his love. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. I don't even know if the sex act was true this is his oh, story he, yeah, yeah that's true so I don't really know if this this was all just kind Some, of 
a convoluted story to kind of swing it on his favour. There were lots of theories discussed as to why he had killed Oldfield. Some people said that maybe he did perform the sex act and it brought back flashbacks of being raped when he was younger um, or that he was in a disassociative state and he really wasn't in control of his actions, which maybe we could say about the killing of Tim McLean. But um, it, nothing sort of got him off the charge and he received life imprisonment. So he's probably out by now. <laughs> it's in the UK if not in another five years if he's good so that's uh, that's Anthony Morley interesting right so a couple of times now we've appealed to the Facebook group for suggestions on murderers to do and then completely ignored them and completely ignored them (laughs) so I thought that I had better act upon one of them this week and I chose one that seemed simple uh, but is definitely fucking not Um, it looked like it was the way it was presented to me Facebook group (laughs) member was the simple murder of one boy no it is in fact the beginning of a huge police operation Uh, attempting to bring down a paedophile ring um, which I found extremely overwhelming at the time. I'm not usually uh, emotionally involved in the cases but I had the queen of all hangovers yesterday and just reading about it had me in a mess. I mean I I should have known it was going to go wrong. I couldn't reach the zap, the remote and so ended up watching the entire film of The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Don't know if you know this film it's disgusting. It's the story of a miracle child that's brought to these parents who then force him to engage in activities that he hates until he dies an early death. Oh, God. Yeah, Disney fucked up on that one. <laughs> so after crying at the little dead leaf boy, I then started reading about dead real boys and it just went downhill from there. I can imagine. Um. So thank you, Facebook group member. This is for you begrudgingly (laughs) Um, you ruined this for us you ruined my life oh it's just a job um so this story sort of meanders a little bit so i'm going to start with 1985 and a boy called jason swift goes missing he did go dickens character it does doesn't it well he was a little bit of a jason swift he was a bit of a dodger type character, out and about, ducking and diving, renting and prostituting. Um, he's he interviewed his brother alludes to the fact that he went to a special school, but I'm not sure if it meant special school. Especially good. Yes, um, but it did say that he was of low intelligence. But the school, this special school, gave the children bus cards so they could go about. This was in the London area. And Jason would often, just once he had the bus card, that was it. He was often absconding from school. I mean, like bloody saving some money. Oh, for sure. Bloody tube prices. That would be brilliant. So he'd go, he'd leave for school in the morning and then just ride the buses or go into central London, like hang out in cafes, hang out in arcades. Out and about town in London. And then getting up to some great hijinks, wouldn't they? Oh yeah, massive hijinks. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Thanks, which weren't so lovely in the end. Um, this the circumstances around why he was able to go missing, like, are all there. So he'd spent uh, time in foster homes. He was back with his mum, and dad was separated. He had an older sister that lived on the other side of. Um, the town where they lived so he was able to play everyone off against each other and say to his mum oh I'm going off to stay at my sister's say to his sister oh I'm at mum's and he could just be gone for days yeah. at a time and no one would know about it he'd just be out and about that old chestnut I'm just staying at this person's house yeah I only ever did that once and that and my parents would never check up on me I'd say I'm going around this person's house not a word was said great I'll see you when you get home the one time I had a secret boyfriend and I said I was going to my friend's house they phoned the friend why they never phoned the friend and then they and then she said oh no I haven't seen her so obviously I had to come clean her as secret boyfriend which was a friend of their son which is why I didn't want to tell them but um yeah I was mortified that was back before the mobile where you could just lie and barefaced wherever you are I stayed at your house a lot of times when I was really having sex. Stayed at my house. I don't think you told me that I was the cop no, out. No, which you probably should have done. I've also been the cop out for a full scale affair as well. It's like, oh, oh, Lucy's phoning you again. Yeah, I was saved in the phone as a... No way. Yeah. That's obviously not a fun. good wingman. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she was able to sort of get around people and... So, one time, they knew that he'd gone for a while. He'd taken something... Apparently, his most beloved possession was a Monopoly set that he would take with him. And I mean, it sort of just lets you know... He was 14 
years old, but it just shows that he was still quite young and that he thought, well, this is a useful piece of equipment to take with me as I move around. around a Monopoly set. Yeah. In case anyone's up for a game. Yeah. It's not the kind of thing you can play on the go either. Do you want a quick bus journey? Do you want to play Monopoly? Like, yeah. it's... You've got to be ready for oh, two it's a days. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I won't play it with my brothers. It, it's the most stressful. I don't think I've ever got to the end of a game of Monopoly. I like a game where the rules are the rules. I don't like this negotiating and where you have to ask people if they will sell you something because their answer is always no. They're yeah. dicks. They will bankrupt themselves before <laughs> they allow me to buy anything. And also, if I'm playing a game, I want to commit to an hour tops. Like, there's no need for this to be a four hour long drawn out experience where no one ever really seems to get to win and the only person who wins just sort of shits on everyone else we're such bad losers aren't we <laughs> I hate Monopoly <laughs> um, I do love the top hat though <laughs> so this one particular time Jason Swift had gone for a few weeks he'd been sending postcards and cards home to his mum saying oh I'll be I'll come see you soon but he wasn't living at home and he became involved in this paedophile ring that was led by Hissing Sid Cook. Hissing Sid was his nickname. But, so it's like um, Oliver Twist, but the fucked up But version. with a lot more sex, yeah. yeah. Uh, but looking at the pictures of Sid Cook, I think sagging Sid would be more appropriate. He has that full turkey gizzard jowly like he's like the ringleader like the con to yourself yeah but he's definitely not hot enough to lure a child on looks alone like <laughs> he was he had to use other things um so he he definitely preyed on boys like jason young vulnerable homeless often Aww. um offering them shelter and food and the opportunity to make some money by attending his parties Aww. um so and basically, cost of entry to one of these parties, £5 each. They have to pay to get in. Yeah, men would pay to come to these parties. Oh, the men would pay. Yeah, right. and then they'd all have a go on whichever boy oh, was gosh. present at the time. Um, what the party bag would be. That's, yeah. a, that's a really bad taste joke. Leave it in, though. So, yeah, but J- uh, so apparently Jason was involved with them for quite a while. Um, Cook was a fairground worker and had lived on the same estate as Jason had and Jason's letters and postcards home alluded to the fact that he was going off to join the fair so they thought probably travelling around with him maybe doing some work there um, and getting involved with these Cook became about a week before Jason's body had was discovered Cook was brought to the attention of the police because several parents in round the of schools in the Hackney Stoke Newington area were reporting this black jaguar cruising past the schools and trying to entice boys into his car. So the police followed the plates and eventually found that it belonged to Sid Cook. So do you think they got like one of those whole school emails? It's like, oh, car's been spotted driving near the school. Well, like, who actually does like? He really didn't seem to think that he could get caught. Like, I can literally drive past schools and. Just in broad daylight, I'd be just telling children to get in my car. Yeah. And they were, I mean, luckily none of them did at that point. Um, so the police arrested him and he admitted to gross indecency, but did not admit to attempting to abduct any of the mm. children. So I don't know quite what he said he was doing. I think he said, yeah, I was hanging around schools looking at the boys, but I never did anything about it. So that just was not followed through. That was yeah. left. He was just... Put like on a welfare list. and off them. Yeah, if you want to 
look up boys fine we're all against that um so that was that but then like i say a week later in december 1985 a dog walker um, ding, ding, ding. discovered the naked body of a boy in a shallow grave that turned out to be Jason Swift. I'm starting to get suspicious of these dog walkers. Oh, for sure. I think it's a cover-up. Um, well, I heard do- one thing said a dog walker, and then another thing that I saw said that he was out shooting, which made me question this person anyway, because... Either you were out shooting... And why like, are you shooting in the UK? I think it was on, like, farmland. Oh. Um, but then why would he... I guess he could have been shooting with a dog. But I, don't, I think... and whether. But then I was like, well, why did they not say that he was out shooting with his dog? They just admit, admitted the shooting part, maybe because they thought, this guy's a bit creepy, we don't actually want to make him look creepy. Anyway, yeah, if you're walking around with a gun and a dog, I think the dog walking secondary to the walking around shooting stuff. Yeah. Um, so he found it, and then the post-mortem revealed that the cause of death had been asphyxiation, but there'd been signs of repeated sexual abuse. Right. Um, so during this investigation into trying out who actually killed John, Jason Swift, uh, another body was found of a six-year-old boy, Barry Lewis. Mm. And this was very similar... Sex- Barry. <laughs> yeah. Who calls a kid Barry? He was really cute as well. Aww. Little Barry. Little Barry. Little baby Barry. From, so he was from the same area. The bodies were found within 10 miles of each other. Very similar circumstances. He was naked, a shallow grave, and Aww. cause of death was asphyxiation. Not terrible. Um, so then this began Operation Stranger. Right. Where the police began to pool their evidence and resources and started interviewing rent boys in the Essex London area to try and gather some evidence on who this could be. Um, while they were doing this, they carried out some further post mortems on the bodies and found that while they were both sexually abused and strangled, there was evidence that Jason had died during a sex act. Right. So, this, along with what the Rent Boys were saying, was basically that they knew who he was, they'd seen him around, they knew who was with this gang the police now understood that there is a violent paedophile ring at work who are sadistically abusing these boys. Right, so they're on to them and they're... Okay. That's they good. weren't just looking for a one-off guy. They, this was an op- an organisation yeah. that was happening. Um, police work. So a guy called Robert Oliver was arrested I mean, that's for, just two first names, isn't it? Again, yeah. Another worry. <laughs> what are you doing with yourself? Robert Oliver was arrested for indecent acts on children um, while under the pretense of babysitting. Now, you look at the pictures of this guy, he is... Like, you wouldn't ask him to babysit. Yeah, he's like cartoon pedo. Like, the big rimmed glasses. Jumper. Jumper. Mustard-coloured jumper. Yeah. You see, you don't even need to do the work. Face like, trousers. Little sweaty, oily hair across. Yeah. Like everything that you would see, your ter- stereotypical paedophile, your totally unstereotypical babysitter. Yeah. Um, so while he was arrested, the police were just trying to link who might have done these other paedophile murders. So they just were questioning people about Jason Swift on the off chance. But Oliver actually then named uh, Sidney Cook. And a couple of others, Lenny Smith, and said that they used the shoe shop where Robert Oliver worked as a pickup point for rent boys. That they would often come, bring boys over to for them to meet, things like that. 
I mean, this Oliver guy is really interesting. He's changed his name a lot of times while in prison. He's changed his name to something now like Kurt Curtis or something. Like he that. just found out that you can change, you can legally change your name to anything. And was yeah, like, fuck it. Just well, starts I'm not, doing it. I'm not sticking with Robert Oliver. I mean, at one point he changed his surname to Cook, which is bizarre. Why you would do it to the name of someone you're accusing? Yeah. Uh, the police described this guy as being pathetic. And said he was just a completely pathetic character. And those of you who are playing along with serial killer bingo, um, his mother, when he was a child, insisted on dressing him in girls' clothes uh, yeah. and sending him to school dressed as a girl. The teachers used to have to have separate clothes at school so they could change him when he arrived. Do you think they should just be on the lookout for all these things and sort of identifying serial killers at the age of seven? <laughs> I mean, because I mean, others you might have heard of Henry Lee Lucas and Artist Tool. Both of those said that their mothers forced them to dress as girls when they were Do younger. You know, there's a lot of kids being forced to dress as girls. You grow up to be absolutely normal people, though. Yes, this I think. I mean, just being misgendered doesn't automatically make you a serial killer. Because uh, I mean, as but the, it as a lot of the trans community can probably tell you, it's not going to lead you to be a murderer. I think it's more the humiliation, the fact that this, the relationship with your parents is fucked up. And that they're forcing that mother, you, isn't it? Like they're, that yeah. mother. they're forcing you to be something you're not. Like those bastard parents in the odd life of Timothy Green, who, even though he was a really talented artist, forced him to play football because they thought that football was more impressive. And then he died. Let him dance. Sorry, Billy Elliot again. Um. So, yeah, so Oliver had had a pretty weird-ass childhood, and then he has also ended up as a rent boy himself as a young, a younger person. So he wasn't really in a great position. Um, he led them to his flatmate, Leslie Bailey, sorry, who um, then started to talk to police and admitted that he described oh, I went into the living room and saw Oliver and Sidney Cook and this Lenny Smith were all stood around and the body of Jason Swift was just laying on the sofa face up. And I was like, he's dead. And they were like, no, he's ill. We're going to take him to the hospital. Rolled him up in a blanket, stuffed him in the car and drove off. It was his initial story. Because that's the usual way of getting someone to hospital. Yeah. He's sick. Just roll them up in his blanket. We're protecting them. So then they... He said that he'd all he'd seen this from certain positions on the estate. They took him back to where it happened and made him point it out and realised you couldn't have seen them put him in this car unless you were actually with them. You couldn't have been where you said you were. So he's also described by police as being an intellectual lightweight. Not quite. <laughs> That's Which a very I, diplomatic way of saying it. I liked that term. I was thinking, <laughs> I'm going to start using that. Um, and admitted that, yes, he had been involved in disposing of the body, had seen things, and just cracked so all four of them went to trial for this murder now the the main source of evidence was their testimonies and they all blamed each other for what had happened like every member of the gang was just ratting out the others so it was really difficult to get a solid conviction Lenny Smith was not convicted and the others were all just convicted of manslaughter claiming that we were doing a sex on him and he accidentally died I mean, and then we disposed of his body naked and in a shallow grave. Like, their stories that they panicked and got rid of it. But so they only got about 15 years. Yeah, I mean, I bet those 15 years were. I mean, once you get. If people in prison know what you're in for and they know it's that, you're not going to have a good time in there. Definitely not. Um, 
Lenny Smith, though he went free, was under surveillance and was later caught doing a George Michael, um, but with a kid in a public toilet. So he was sent to prison again. Um, And while these guys were in prison, they began another operation. Operation... Slaughter. No. For some reason, Operation Orchid. Oh. Delightful. Um, But they began this because... (laughs) They began this because they thought, okay, we've got this pedo gang. I prefer the term pedo gang to pedophile ring. I feel like ring makes it seem a lot nicer. I don't know, pedo gang sounds cooler though. Oh, do you think? That's something that's definitely not cool. That's a bit more Gary Pedo gang. You can't be in our pedo gang. Yeah, you only want to sleep with old people. Ew. So... (laughs) Operation Orchid, they, so they were convinced, like, okay, they've done these two, they're a group, they're sort of organised in the best way that their intellectually challenged people could, um, and so they must... Sorry, intellectual lightweight. Oh, that was it, intellectual lightweight, <laughs> sorry. Um, oh, the best thing about that phrase is if you are an intellectual lightweight, you probably won't understand what it means. <laughs> um, so yeah, they were trying to find other murders that they might be linked to, of other missing boys around the time, particularly Barry Lewis the six-year-old that went missing before, and Mark Tildesley, a seven-year-old boy, which is the person that the Facebook group mentioned. Didn't tell me all this other shit. They're like, <laughs> oh, Mark Tildesley was killed. You can just talk about that one. No, you can't. Um, so his case was quite well known. He It happened, he went missing a year before Jason Swift's death in 1984, but a body was never found. He was just... So there was searches, the military came into search, um, posters were put up in every police station looking for him he was featured on the first episode of Crime Watch which Brilliant. obviously Love people them. were loving and so he was known but no, to no avail they couldn't find his body the story is I mean again it's there's a lot of like pedo panic going round in it though yeah. there's a bit of pedo panic where like you were saying like you get emails at your school like there was a man in a car and he parked outside the school for five minutes and then drove off you're like right and everyone's like oh my god like sometimes the pedos are coming sometimes they might just be yeah, going about just, their business yeah. um, so there is a bit of pedo panic but I think it needed to happen in response to some of these like Jason Swift was just out on the streets they knew he was wandering around on his own as 14 and they sort of didn't really do a lot about it Mark Tilsley was 7 years old and he so earlier in the day a shop owner of a sweet shop said that Mark had been in and paid with some sweets with a 50 pence piece which was weird because his pocket money was only 30p a week not meaning he would (laughs) ever get a 50 pence coin and he would also take the trolleys back and get the 10p pieces never a 50p coin this aroused suspicion (laughs) I I I love that story I really like the logic of she was like what is this 50 pence how could it have occurred Um, I had had a friend who hated a shopkeeper that we used to go to at like lunch break quite a lot to go to the shop and um, he really hated him and so he went in and he asked for a 50p pick and mix Um, no he asked for a 49p pick and mix he said I want a 49p pick and mix so they got a 50p pick and mix and said which sweet do you want to take out and he spent ages going over oh I quite like this just to and there was a big queue for me behind him and then he went right right I've decided I'm going to take out this well no 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 wait kept changing his mind eventually decided on one then paid with a 50p (laughs) (laughs) yeah he sounds like a bellend (laughs) 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 
So she later also, it's believed that a man outside gave him the money to pay for it and then offered to pay for rides at the local fair that evening if he would come and meet them. So parents waved him off on his bike to go to the fair by seven years old off to the fair on the road. I mean, he said he was going to meet some friends, but he didn't meet them. He just went alone. I mean, I used to go out on my bike in the evenings, maybe not as young as seven, maybe like, um, maybe like eight, nine, ten, but never to like the fair it was like i'm on the street outside the house yeah or outside my friend's house i don't know about it's pretty young isn't it to be going off to a a busy crowd thing like that um so and then he disappeared his bike was found chained up outside the fair um but he never met them so i would say widespread search nothing so as part of operation orchid they started to get quite a wealth of evidence from a man named ian gubb who was a convicted rapist, but with morals. Oh. Right, I will have sex with people against their will if they're over 16. Yeah. Like, the fact... But if you're going to do it to a child, now I'm taking umbrage with it. Like, raping people to a point. (laughs) I feel like that's quite common, though. It's kind of like, you know, when um, people who've been convicted of being paedophilic go to prison and it's like all the other criminals turn on them like we've done we've done shit to people but we've never touched a child you're a fucking yeah so pretty much and it says his reason his motivation for coming forward was literally that he was so disgusted by their crimes that he wanted to have them brought to task for it and he even offered to have extra time on his sentence so he could help them with their investigation because he but i mean Yes, if we're going to try and put crimes on a scale of, like, okay to terrible, paedophilia is coming down the bottom. But when a rapist telling me about it, yeah. I'm like... I mean, raping's not so great either. That's ruining lives as it is. Yeah, like, I'll hear right. it from someone else, but rapist, you just pipe down. <laughs> yeah? Just know your place. Um, so anyway, he shared a cell with Bailey and... Uh, began to work as an informant so he shared this cell and was like trying like mining for information about his crimes and Bailey was the one that had cracked before with the police and got them convicted the first time so of course it it wasn't tricky to get him to speak again about how he'd murdered Barry Lewis and Mark Tilsley they then took Gab and basically just put him in the cells with the others like they moved him okay now you can stay with Oliver for a little while have a chat to him okay a couple of months later now go and share a cell with Cook which, in actual fact, is quite terrifying, thinking that you're having to live in such close quarters with these people. Yeah. These really violent, awful people. And Cook apparently was apt, would just not stop talking about sex acts and children, that he boasted about killing numerous children, said 15 was the most common number he kept coming out with that he'd personally killed, and that he would talk about sex acts he wanted to commit in the future in squeals of delight, is how Gab put it. Which just seems, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's exaggerating. For exactly, a that's what I feel. I'm like, of course he's horrible, and but I, don't know. I mean, who's he talking to? Like, wouldn't stop raving about killing children. Who's listening to that? Yeah, Gab. He was just sat there. Tell me more about the children that you want to murder. Um. So, like I said, Bailey. Um, confessed to his involvement in the murders and was charged they hoped that this would enable them to get cook at all um also convicted of the further murders but yet his confession bailey's confession then put him in the position of ringleader of this pedophile group 
because he'd said that he'd been involved in them and admitted to it. So the others then went to appeal and had their sentences reduced for the murder of Jason Swift because Bailey was now this mastermind paedophile that was orchestrating everything. So they went overboard to get him locked up and then inadvertently let out all the rest. Let out all the others. Um, so, in 1993, Leslie Bailey, who had admitted to everything, like you say, the prisoner turned on him, he was yeah. murdered. Um, in oh, his, really? Yeah, strangled in his cell by two other inmates, who were also convicted for his murder. Um, like I said, everyone knew him, his name was widely out there, yeah. like they wanted rid. Um, like I say, Lenny Smith, the one that was implicated, but hadn't been convicted at that point, in 1992, he was sentenced again for rape against children. Um, and died of age-related illnesses in 2006. I mean, it's worrying. Like these guys were, they were, they were reoffending all the time. Yeah. Like they suspected them. You knew when they weren't convicted, they were obviously still out there doing stuff. Mm. Um, Sidney Cook was in the news quite a lot in because he was released in 1998 after serving his time, and there was like huge protests. I mean, I watched a clip of a particular protest about him but that in itself is quite terrifying I would watch it it was almost like a, it, almost identical to a scene from Brass Eye have you seen, have you seen Peter Geddon if you probably you know, the Americans not so much but I would recommend just YouTube Peter Geddon Brass yeah, Eye it's, um, it's like a fake I mean it's risky humour but it's yes if, it, if that's your kind of humour you'd find it hilarious definitely risky humour and it, like in the premise of like a news show yeah um, but the scenes were identical there's one in Peter Geddon where they're doing a protest about a paedophile and they throw a um, throw a mannequin at them and the crowd are tearing it apart <laughs> um, and then in real life they're they had this mob outside where Sidney Cook was being released and they just had they had children all over the involved in it and they were interviewing these children saying why are you here and they're like because a bad man is going to take me and hurt me and I don't and they were crying these kids I'm like your parents have got you so shit up that you're going to get abducted and raped and then they're taking you along to these rallies like that doesn't make me think oh I feel sorry for the children I feel sorry for the children because they're living with you yeah Um, so anyway so he was people were outraged by it but he was rearrested within a year and sentenced for assaults that he carried out back in the 70s there were two brothers that had gone around travelling in the fair with him and he would repeatedly just sexually abuse them like for years and so years and like years they'd come forward when they've seen yes face, they'd yeah. come forward seen he was released and were like look now's the time for us to speak out and get yeah. him sent away so he's still and that's tricky to get someone sent away for something that was so many years ago based on oh definitely though. as we've seen with all the other with the current um, well it's not that current right now but all the Jimmy Savile yeah. um, current paedophile things going on it's difficult when it's years ago but they managed it yeah. so then last of all there's just old little Robert Oliver our little um, I was going to say little cute he, he's a, he is a sad figure it's hard, he, he's, doing a, he's doing a proper pedo thing but he's such a little weaselly wormy guy that you just think Ugh. No, I don't feel sorry for him I don't feel sorry for him but like there's nothing like he's the cook and the others were clever and they were vicious and they were horrible. Robert Oliver is just a fucking bleh. yeah. Um, so he's also back in prison. He was released, but then violated the order that prevented him from having children within so many meters of his right. house. So they don't think he actually 
um, committed another act. It's like but... he's walking towards a kid and the alarm starts. <laughs> Stop away Pretty from much. the child. So he's back in prison now too, changing his name every other day because, like I say, with the... I hope he's being creative with them. I mean, come on. I hope it's not just Oliver Robert instead or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> but yes that was a really weird one not super funny but I hope you're happy now <laughs> you asked for th- I, I enjoyed it I thought it was good thank you Facebook group you done yeah. good no, definitely look into it more I mean there's a a, a documentary yeah, that came that. out in the 90s that's on YouTube which I mean in the 90s they loved a dramatic reconstruction yes like it took it took a long time to get through it because they'd say something and then act out (laughs) the scene because there's no possible way we could imagine that conversation without seeing it acted out by incredibly wooden actor but it's really interesting and there's loads more stuff that we didn't have time to go into detail on so especially around the Mark Tilsley and because how the others never actually admitted to it it is interesting so have a bit of a research yourself check it out thanks for listening Uh, we did it in time yay now you can fuck off (laughs) get out of my house listening to slaughter doesn't make you a psycho killing people does fucking children does fucking children does make you not a psycho it makes you a massive pedo yeah and listening to slaughter definitely doesn't make you a pedo but fucking children does okay bye We're back. I just wanted to read you this quick email from a listener, which was uh, another messed up murder. So I'm just going to read it as is. Double yep. time. I'm going to do it. Um, on, <laughs> on March 27th, 2004, Andre Lee Thomas, a 21-year-old man from Grayson County, Texas, stabbed his estranged wife, Laura Christine Thomas, um, his son Andre, and 13-month-old stepdaughter, Leia, to death then cut the kids hearts out and put them in his pockets i mean ah. this this is already the cut most fucked up thing hearts and put it in your pocket <laughs> um, i mean I, I don't know what like the what's the metaphor of that i'm taking your heart and i'm saving it for later i carry your heart with me it's almost what, beautiful. That <laughs> um he then left the home and tried to commit suicide by stabbing himself in the chest three times I mean, that can't be easy, stabbing yourself in the... T- it's almost like samurai shit, isn't it? There's easier ways, I'm sure. Yeah. After deciding the suicide was a failure, so that didn't work, he went home and changed his fucking clothes. She said this. Uh, later, the same day, he called his dead wife and left the following message on the answering machine. So he knew she was dead, he killed her, but he still phoned. Um, Sherry, this is Andre. I need yours help. Something bad is happening to me and it keeps happening and I don't know what's going on. I need some help. I think I'm in hell. I need help. Somebody needs to come and help me. I need help bad. I basically need help. Aww. I'm desperate. I'm afraid to go to sleep. I didn't mean aww. <laughs> yeah, not aww. I'm afraid to go to sleep. So when you get this message, come by the house, please. Hello? So I don't know if he thought they picked up at the end, but she's dead. During his trial, he pulled out one of his own eyes. In the trial? During the trial, he pulled out... Let's just just read that again. During his trial, he pulled out one of his own eyes. Then years later... just fingered it right out. Just pulled it out. I mean... I can't even... I mean, how dry was the trial? Like, you you sit through boring (laughs) things and you're like, oh, I'd stab myself in the eye. He was like, I'm literally going to have to pull out my own eyeball to cope with this. Yeah. And then later, years later, plucked out his only remaining eye and ate it. Oh, God. I mean, that is... That is 
foul. I'm sorry if you've got eye issues and you're just stressed out by this. It's disgusting. Um, and also, that I mean, it's going to be like a lychee, isn't it? It's not like it's a not, satisfying pop. It's not going to have a crunch to it. It's just going to sort of leak. Oh god! Texas courts declared that he was crazy but sane. <laughs> crazy but sane. What? That's like a. a- proper term i think basically they they were like they're like he's, he's obviously crazy but we want to convict him as a yeah, sane person that's uh, and put him on death row um there's a murderpedia on him um so thomas andre lee uh so thank you so much for sending that uh email to us and it's slaughter the podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us any more fucked up or weird murders and if you uh, don't i'll eat my own eye <laughs> yeah goodbye Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 